Hello and welcome to Move the Line Prop Drop Show. Prop Drop presented by Prop Swap. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the app today and our promo code 4 for 4 And when you deposit up to $500, the fine folks over at PropSwap will match that. I am Ryan Noonan, joined as always by my two favorite fellow Prop Gens. First, Connor Allen. Connor, what's going on, my friend? Not much. I'm just happy that you nailed the intro this time after yesterday's show. Such an uh, ass. <laughs> so uh, yesterday on our Move the Line Wednesday show, um, you know, Prop Swap, fine folks. We appreciate them. Great sponsor. Um, it sounds very much like Prop Drop. So, and the cadence of that open is very normal for me to say Prop Drop. And I said that instead of prop swap so yes thank you connor for for shaming me again if you listen just to the audio version as i mentioned that is not even doesn't even exist it's only in the youtube annals and uh yeah oh. hey is what it is <laughs> uh, also joining us prop stars alex what's going on my friend what's up ryan connor great to see you guys both i am excited it's a little bittersweet for me though as well i can't believe this is our uh, second to last episode that we'll be doing together this season it just feels like yesterday uh we started this journey together and uh here we are almost at the conclusion of it i know what is this uh week 20 or so we've joked about how you know the first episode there was so much going on. It was the first episode literally doing it because you don't necessarily do this in the preseason. Uh, Connor and I were traveling, so we were kind of outside of the you know normal flow of a week. It was Alex's first time, first time doing shows together. So we definitely didn't have the flow. We didn't really have the uh, you know listener engagement that we have currently You know, with all the folks that flood us with questions, which we absolutely love. It became obviously the best part of the show and our favorite part for sure. You know, the first one was – we had a hard time stretching out to 15 minutes and now we have a hard time even with two games, keeping it, keeping it under an hour. So uh, that's a evolution that I'm proud of and I'm glad that we are where we're at. But uh, yes, unfortunately we are winding down because football is winding down. We have three games left. We will be back next week in this same or similar spot. We'll probably do the Friday spot where we typically do. Uh, for the Super Bowl, but again, I'm sure we'll find a way to make that bad boy an hour or two between all the questions that we have uh, from listeners and things of that nature. So, uh, as always, fire off in the chat if you're hanging out with us on YouTube. Uh, let us know of any questions that you have. I know we have a bunch on Twitter today to get to, which is great. Again, we love that part of the show, and uh, again, we need to fill the back end because we only have a couple of games. So, uh, <clears throat> want to remind you that uh, we now flip the switch. If you want to get our sub over at 444 our betting subscription is going to take you through all the next year so it's going to take you through today through next football season so it's going to get you all the sports that we have they actually get you everything on the site too even if you're a non-better you're playing dfs season long best ball all that stuff and then all the sports we uh have alex writing nba for us we have an nba article up on the site every day the subscriber only discord itself is a hundred percent worth the value of our subscription. So definitely want to check that out in the show notes, 444.com slash plans. You can also find out more about prop swap there as well. Hit us up. If you have any questions again, we'll be doing this show next week and then uh, no typical move the line, but uh, Connor and I will be back with Evan Silva, John Daigle and Joey Kanish for our Super Bowl extravaganza the Wednesday before the Super Bowl. So we're on a bye week next year for the standard move the line show. And then we will be back for the madness that is sure to ensue 
on the hour slash two hours that comes of that show every year. So uh, definitely a, a fun one for us. So, uh, but for now, let's get to the props. Uh, we each have two. We have some other stuff we'll talk about, and then obviously we'll get to your questions here. Uh, but Connor, you can kick us off, my friend. What is the uh, first prop for you uh, for the uh, championship week? Yeah, so one that I've been waiting on actually for a little bit now, uh, Elijah Mitchell over 69 and a half rushing yards. I took, um, you know, this actually opened above like 75. It opened at like 77 in a lot of spots. It's been bet down, you know, throughout the week. And now I think it's actually at a pretty good spot to bet the over. Mitchell's received 10 or more carries in 11 games this season. In those 11 games, he has more than 69 and a half rushing yards in eight of them, solid 72% hit rate. Uh, he now draws the Rams, who he has 85 and 91 rushing yards in two games against them this season. I understand that the run defense is, you know, fairly strong, but at the same time, you know, he's consistently played well. He's consistently gotten work. Um, he's was limited in practice today, which is an improvement over not practicing yesterday. So it looks like he's going to be good to go. And people have already talked about, or people we've seen throughout the year that, you know, when Mitchell is healthy, he basically gets the lion's share of the workload. Uh, it doesn't really matter if he's battling him. He came back. Uh, at one point in the season from a broken finger, you know, and like people weren't even sure if he was going to play. And then he wound up with like 20 carries that same week. Um, so I think that if he plays, he's going to see, you know, 17 plus carries pretty easily. Um, and yeah, I think that in this spot, we have him projected for like nearly 90 yards. So at 69 rushing yards, I think that it's a little bit too low. I think that the right line was probably closer to in the high 70s. Yeah, it's hard to argue with the volume. I mean, even last week with a limited workload, like you said, he is uh just been the guy that they seem to trust there. Debo's eating into that a little bit, but uh, you know, it doesn't mean that he still can't get there in a nice, nice matchup. So no problem with uh no problem with that one. And that is actually my first one here this week is a combined number on uh Debo Samuel combines uh 95 and a half rushing, <clears throat> excuse me, 95 and a half rushing and receiving yards. This guy just continues to ball out. And similar to what my motto was last week, where it was like play the best plays and just kind of lean on the guys that continue to eat. I think we're going to kind of stay with that tune here this week. Uh, a couple of things that jump out. So I don't think Elijah Mitchell is in trouble of missing the game at all or whatsoever, but obviously there's something there with the knee. Like he was limited today, didn't practice yesterday. And I think he can still comfortably cover the over that Connor gave out, but Debo continues to kind of eat into that workload, double digit carries the last two weeks. And I don't think he's going to fall below eight carries in this game think his floor continues to stay really high but more so on the passing game here um, 95 and 97 yards in the two regular season matchups against the Rams and the thing that here is the splits against zone so the Rams ran more zone snaps on defense than anyone in the league this season in those scenarios actually against man coverage Brandon Ayuk is the team leader in target share against man uh, Debo is second there uh, at 19%, but his target share jumps up to 25% when they are against zone coverage and his yards per route run jumps from 1.87 to 3.45, which is massive, massive, which makes sense. You think about how Debo plays and his ability to create after the catch and stuff. So again, I think the floor is high for him from a rushing standpoint to get, you know, 35 to 40 minimum, minimal. I just think it opened up around 40 this week. And again, I think that, he, he's got there almost both times in just receiving alone in the two matchups. So I love the Debo combined rushing and receiving this week. I think it's 97 at some spots, uh, 95 and a half at points bet. I would take it comfortably anywhere under hundred. I think he's a massive factor this week. I'm not super concerned about his injury status here. And I think he is a, uh, 
if they have any chance, they need to get the ball to Debo at least 15 times, and I think they do. So uh, love, love, love Debo in this spot. Uh, Alex, what's your first one? Yeah, you can uh, always sell me on a Debo prop. If you've been following me, I've been riding this guy as well, especially of late. want to give a shout-out to my guy, Debo. The past two weeks, he's cashed two tickets for me. Uh, opening week was on a receiving prop that he hit on the very last drive. And then last week's rushing prop, he also hit on the very last drive. So this yeah. guy is rushing prop. cashing tickets. Yep, we got his rushing line at 33-and-a-half last week. Uh, cash that with, I believe, it was a 12-yard rush on his final play of the game in the final two minutes of the game. Love that. Love Debo. Love that play, Ryan. My first play sticking in this game is OBJ, over 50-and-a-half receiving yards. Saw this on FanDuel at this number. I definitely look around because he has 51-and-a-half on some other uh, sites. Uh, yeah, Beckham has firmly established himself as the number two option in the Rams passing game. Um He's also looked very good in the playoffs, in my opinion. Ten receptions for 123 yards uh, and a touchdown. Also gone over in both playoff games as well. Uh, Van Jefferson, as most of you probably know, is banged up. He's been practicing this week on a limited basis. Well, he hasn't actually practiced. I believe he logged a limited practice this week. Didn't look fully fully healthy to me last week at all either. Uh, I, I actually think that Odell offers some nice points bet opportunity, which I will mm. talk about little bit later this week he's yet to have a ceiling game or a spike game as a member of the rams and uh the the average depth of target is there uh the target share is there so he's just uh kind of been playing a lot closer to his floor than his ceiling i think this matchup is super juicy could be one where he finally gets into the triple digits um as a ram uh we know san francisco they're second in rushing dvoa compared to 16th in passing dvoa so the path of least resistance as we like to say as far as uh exploiting this matchup um from los angeles standpoint offensively is going to be through the air i mean that's how they've been winning football games all year and especially in the playoffs so yeah i, I just anticipate beckham being a large part of that just all these reports about odell as well have been glowing uh, he continues to make his presence felt I just think he's going to have another big impact game as well. Just the reports about him have been absolutely like glowing since he's joined the Rams. McVay is gushing about him. All of his teammates are gushing. I just like the way they're using him. I think he's firmly established himself as the second option in the passing game as well. I think he's going to cruise over this 50 and a half receiving yards. Wouldn't surprise me to see him have a big game as well if he can hook up on a couple deep passes with Stafford. So I do think if you have points bet, he offers some nice value there. Um, If you can, you know, potentially get like a crazy number as an alt line or something like him over 70 or 80 yards as well. Interesting. Interesting. I like it. I like, uh, like where your head's at. I wanted to ask you a question because it was a little concerning to me the other day. I was wondering if you noticed any trespassers in the garden Um, because the other day, Connor went on a 15-minute rant on decibel levels at stadiums. So he was breaking down basically Joe Burrow's, um, you know, junior high, game by game, <laughs> game by game, all the way to the pros. Um, what's the loudest stadium he's ever played in? And I was just curious if he he seemed like at some point that maybe there was some you know gardening that had happened. It is actually. Coming. 
It's funny you ask me that. I haven't noticed any trespassers per se, but what I, I do go out there on a daily basis and have a long meditation session. Yeah. And what I did notice is that I, I thought it was actually an animal potentially. My crops had been broken Dro- into and okay. uh, a reduction in my uh, my crop, which I just chalked up to, you know, like maybe a deer or a coyote or something like that hmm. uh, getting into the, the garden. But now that you do bring this up, I do think that there is a uh, definite chance that Connor could have been um, responsible for these missing crops. So I yeah. do think it is something we need to explore further. I'm going to check the tapes after we go off air and see if I can spot a wild Connor <laughs> in the garden. Yeah, and, I think you uh, should. If I do, I'm definitely going to post that online, and that'll be tweeted out this evening. Oh man, check for droppings too. You never know. You know. Yeah, I just got. You know, I went to the garden and like did some decibel research. You know, it was like um, not quite Aaron Rodgers esque, but you know, I did my own research. Uh, you know, did some critical <laughs> thinking uh, and thought about uh, you know decibels and how they could impact the game. So mm, I, I mean, I, got, I, I feel like I got to give I got to give the quick stats here now. You know, think it's let's hear. Yeah, I'm all here. Okay, so all right, all right. So okay, loudest stadium in the NFL, Arrowhead Stadium, mm. um, at 142 decibels was the highest recorded ever. Joe Burrow was talking a little bit of shit about how you know, oh, the SEC is louder. So I was like, you know what? I don't know. Maybe it is because they fit more, like, more people in a lot of these SEC College stadiums. kids are generally rowdier, too. Usually. Yeah, exactly. You think, like, oh, man, these kids are probably wild. So the loudest stadium in the college in college football, you know, according to most websites and decibel, you know, ratings, I don't, I don't really know. I couldn't find anything, like, very, you know, mathematic. Sounds like a niche, but, content niche for next year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, decibel readings at stadiums, peak decibel readings, I think, are big. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, well, the highest was LSU. The highest recorded uh, was 120. But my thing was like, okay, well, Joe Burrow was probably on offense when that happened. So, like, it wasn't – or, like, not when that happened. But, like, we, like they probably weren't as loud when he was on offense, is my point. So, I think that, you know, at 120, now going to 140, you know, like, that's that's a pretty big leap here. And the, the only other team that he could have played on the road was Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Alabama in that crazy – it was like 46-43 game. Um, but they do not even have a top 10 loudest stadium. Uh, in college football so there you have it folks um i think that it could be a little bit noisier um in this game than joe burrow has ever experienced can i just say that the garden and rabbit holes <laughs> the figurative type go hand in hand like a hell of a point time in the garden you just end up in a rabbit hole it really seems like that is the case with our guy connor here so i do think that points to uh, the evidence checking out. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that uh, take on decibel levels. I would be curious to get your take on Seattle's uh, crowd because they've always been talking about like a little tinfoil theory is that they pump extra noise into the crowd. Like the Colts. To, uh, yeah, to, to, you know, disrupt the opposing offenses. And apparently that's not a organic noise, Connor. So. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't really understand like what the um, like stadiums like play loud music anyways, right? Like so, like I mean, I don't you know. You can't I, pu- and, like, artificially pump in crowd noise when the opposition has the ball. Like that's yeah, but like I mean, you kind of can though. I mean, just like you know, I make... mean, the Colts did and they got fined for it. They've been doing it for years. Yeah, right. just, no one wants to talk I mean, about it though. We could talk about deflated footballs forever and until even heads... talk about like uh interfering with you know like visiting teams headsets and stuff like not being mm, able yeah. to have the line of communication between 
coach and player and guys in the booth and stuff like that being in I know it's slimy, but like I'm just a big fan of you know doing what it takes to win. So you know, I think yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're not trying to, break <laughs> you goal, get the job done, trying, right? Like that's that famous quote. Like that might be the least surprising thing I've ever said to Noon in here because uh, he knows that I like to you know play things a little close to the chest and I like to get things done. Um, Connor lives life in the gray. You know, the <laughs> margins, the margins, you know, he's, uh, you know, there's, there's always another side for it. And he, he can do a good job of explaining why he's, uh, he's in the margin, but yeah, I we think he was in the garden. Story. Yeah. He, he's in the garden thinking about, am I being quiet enough? And then he's like, am I actually being too loud? <laughs> Wait a second. Hey, football stadiums are loud. That's what happens. You How loud is that football it. stadium? <laughs> am I louder than a football stadium? If there's Which no one there stadium to hear a football stadium, is it making any sound? This is a great question. So next thing you know, we have this diatribe on, you know, <laughs> the decibel levels. And it'll be a piece of content on the site next year every week. And, uh, you know, he, he got his weather article revoked a couple of years ago from Roto World. And he needs something, I did. Uh, you know, in, in niche space. So uh, I mean, it was a I fucking awful it. article. It was so bad. I mean, I just like, I mean, I was hungover. I mean, it was due at like 7 a.m. on Saturday mornings. And I was like, well, what else did they expect? I was just hungover as piss, just grinding out like, like, oh, it's going to be 70 and sunny here. Like, what the fuck? I mean, like, what are you going to what are you going to say? uh i'm misreading it i'll be honest uh uh, (laughs) go go ahead i got nothing else to say well hit us with your problem number two (laughs) (laughs) hit us with problem number two my friend all right so um despite you know that long uh thoughts on decibels uh i don't really think that it matters too much for joe burrow and i like a lot of his overs uh you know for a lot of the reasons that um, i'm about to dig into here like with this game i think that the Bengals are going to have to go pass heavy. They're seven-point underdogs. And I think they have some success here against the Chiefs team. Seventh worst in adjusted sack rate. 30th in overall sack rate. Uh, Tyron Matthews still in concussion protocol. There were some pictures that came out saying he was back at practice. He still has not cleared the NFL's protocol. So, you know, I think that he's still probably about a 50-50 bet to play. I mean, that still has to get done here in the next couple of days. Um, so, I mean, that would obviously be a big loss. But even with him, I think that they're in a good spot here. Burrow uh, threw for 446 passing yards last time against them. Uh, And then Burrow has 300 or more passing yards in five of his last seven games. Uh, Kind of like as soon as the Bengals weren't like dominating wins uh, and they weren't doing that run heavy crap with Joe Mixon, like they kind of got away from that. So I like, I think that Burrow here is in a great spot for them to throw, throw the ball a lot. And looking at how he's performed in games where he's thrown the ball a lot, like with games with 41 plus attempts, uh, he's you know gone way over 300 yards in the only game. 37 plus attempts, he's gone over 300 yards in five of seven games, and 32 or more attempts, he's gone over in seven 11 games. So I think that here you not only have a good play on the over at like 285 passing yards, which is available in a lot of spots. I think this is also a play like a plus 115 um, for over 300 yards of points bet. Um, I also think that another way to angle to look at this is Burrow and. Mahomes combined for 600 plus passing yards, uh, which is available at plus 150 on FanDuel and DraftKings. So if you're limited one or the other, um, which, you know, I am uh, on DraftKings right now pretty heavily. Um, I was not able to get down a full unit there. Go over to FanDuel and you're able to get down a decent amount as well. So you're kind of able to get down a full unit. That's why I don't mind, you know, kind of touting it here. I think that kind of we talked about this on the Wednesday show, you know, high tide, you know, raises the ship here for for both sides. Like if, if either team falls behind at all, like I think that, you know, 
Patrick Mahomes falls behind you. We've seen what happens. Like they have catch-up ability. They have explosive ability. Both sides are able to really just throw their way back into games. And so at this point, I think that if either team is down at like, you know, any point by seven to 10 points, like it's basically just going to be like, we're not running the ball. We're just going to throw the ball every single play until they catch up. And then from there, it's going to be like the reverse. So I think that at this point, like, I think that there's, like, if there's an all line for like 700 combined yards, I would consider taking that as well. It's hot. Yeah, I like it. Um, I, I took the Burrow uh, over 24 and a half completions, and I would take it at 25 and a half, to be honest, if you can get like, you know, plus odds or something even close to that too. And shout out to our guy, Travis in discord, who did some good research here. Uh, and his, his thought was basically that the, either the completion number or the attempt number on Burrow was off based off of what his typical standard completion percentage is. And, you know, he's typically one of the most accurate in the, in the league. Um, basically it was an implied comp- completion percentage of like 64%, which he has topped in eight of nine games. Um, so really when we've seen this pass rate over expectation spike for them, which is up like 13% flat over the last five weeks, like they were just throwing the ball a lot more. And it's obviously not something that you start to back off of when you've had this success that's going to get you to the AFC championship game. You don't all of a sudden go, oh, let's bury the ball in, you know, Joe Mixon's stomach all over, you know, over and over again. So, uh, yeah, I, I like the over on the yards. I like the alt combination that Connor's talking about. And I think the Burrow number 24 and a half, 25 and a half on the completion side, I think is a, is a really nice look too. So, yeah. I mean, even if you look at two, like the, with the chiefs, like, I mean, some, some people have theorized over the past like two few years, like, Oh, like the way to beat the chiefs or like really good offenses in general is like, Oh, keep the ball out of the opposing team's hands. Right. But like the chiefs score so quick and so like fast. And like, this is such a good matchup for them that, and they've just been rolling as of late. Like you can't really do that. Like you can't, because they're just going to be able to score so quick that you're just like wasting time and you're running inefficiently. And like, it's just not, it's not the way to beat them. I mean, you just gotta, you gotta like out, you know, outpace them to the end like basically like you know it's gonna be a boat race but you're gonna you basically gotta just like outrun them even doing that though your best way to do it efficiently is through completions right versus inefficient first and second down runs so like even if they are theoretically attempting to maintain pace control the ball they still need to do it on the joe burrow's arm versus you know handing the ball to joe Mixon over and over again so uh that brings me to my second prop actually because we're going to lean heavy on the pass game here. And that is Joe Mixon over 27 and a half receiving yards. I saw this in the chat. Uh, someone had a question about, so perfect. We are answering one of your questions here. Uh, this is out there. I believe minus 111 at MGM. I think it's 115 in some other places. But uh, even though he's giving up third down, long down and distance stuff to Samaje P. Ryan, that pass rate expectation spike on early downs is kind of floating Mixon here. Regardless, he can still lose those snaps and get there. He has topped this number in four straight games, 23 receptions, averaging basically 47 and a half reception or receiving yards per game over the last four, which is really nice. He saw eight targets the last time they met back in week 17, uh, caught seven of them for 40 yards. And I think, again, they're going to continue to give attention and probably even more so based off of how last game went back in week 17, where Jamar Chase absolutely torched them. Um, where they're going to be able to get a little bit more mixing in the flat on early downs. And that's just going to create more opportunity for him to run after the catch and get some yards here. So also nice spot chiefs 26th in past DVOA against the running back position this season. So just on paper a naturally good matchup here. So uh, mixing 
over 27 and a half receiving is my second play. I'll love it quite a bit. Correlates nicely with the, uh, the more Burrow stuff. Uh, Alex, take us home, man. What is your, uh, your number two? Yeah, I like that Mixon prop quite a bit as well. Uh, yeah, it's hard to ignore his involvement in the uh, receiving game, especially recently, like you mentioned, over the past four to five games, a very high target floor. So, yeah, very encouraging stuff. So I'm with you on that. I like that quite a bit. My final nice. prop is Travis Kelsey over 75 and a half receiving yards. Caught this on FanDuel as well. I would check there first. Uh, 76 and a half on other books. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but Kelsey has dispelled any notions that he has lost a step over the last uh, two playoff games, in my opinion, having gone over this in both playoff games and is averaging over 100 receiving yards per game in the playoffs. Uh, dating back to last year, he's also gone over this in five straight playoff games. This guy is a big game player uh certainly appears to have Mahomes trust as well there was a pivotal play last week that I'm sure you guys saw where he called an audible or Kelsey called an audible at the line of scrimmage decided to run a go route where Mahomes downed him for a huge game you don't see that often that kind of trust between uh receiver tight end and the quarterback uh, finding a mismatch like that and coverage uh, he's clearly Mahomes security blanket I don't think there's any argument about that Cincinnati has also been very vulnerable through the air all year. They ranked 24th in passing DVOA. Also, they ranked 24th in DVOA to the tight end position. Uh, furthermore, the Bengals have given up the fifth most yards to opposing tight ends this season. Fourth most receptions. Great matchup on paper. Um, I also love the fact that this game just has a high total. Pretty much checks every single box that you're looking for in what projects to be a high-scoring shootout between two elite offenses. Give me a piece of the best pass-catching tight end of all time. Love it. Three prop donkeys giving you six overs. The championship weekend. Absolutely. What can go wrong? What Love can go to wrong? see it. I feel good about all of them, though. I'll be honest. So, sorry. Yeah. Overs hit too, baby. It's okay. You know, we got some built-in outs on unders. I mean, we've been so balanced all season. We're just doing, you know, like yeah. what feels right. I think they we have earned the trust of the viewers uh, to, you know, be fair, be diplomatic, be reasonable. If we felt like there was, you know, overwhelming value on the unders, that's where we would be. We're just going with what makes sense. And thus far, you know, like uh, the overs appear to have some value. So we're kind of just going with what the market dictates. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, we were talking pre-show that some of the good unders that maybe caught our eye got steamed so fast that they're a little less margin in them at this point uh, if you didn't get on them right away. So yeah, I mean, and as our good friend, uh, you know, Evan uh, Evan Walter Silva says, uh, you know, we don't just uh, play overs; we hit over. Mm -hmm. I also want to point out that these lines are very efficient as well. I, I believe they're quite a bit more efficient uh, comparatively to the regular season. So, yeah, I, I just think kind of by nature, too, we're, we're dealing with just kind of more fragile numbers. And, yeah, uh, yeah I, I just think that uh, one thing you can sort of bank on in the playoffs is uh, the targets are condensed amongst you know, the, the best players. And that is kind of one of the, the things that you can count on. So I, I do find that there is a lot of value on overs this week, just looking at the landscape. Yeah. There's just uh, not a lot of value to be had in general. I agree, buddy. I'm with you. Yeah. Let's uh, recap what we had. I'll remind you that if you are hanging out with us, I'll continue to uh, hit us up in the chat. Let us know what questions you have. We'll get to those after we have a uh, fair amounts from Twitter. 
we'll get to first and then we will tackle anything here in the chat as well. And recapping, uh, Connor on Joe Burrow over 285 and a half passing yards, Elijah Mitchell over 69 and a half rushing yards. I'm on Debo over 95 and a half combined rushing and receiving. Joe Mixon over 27 and a half receiving. Alex on Odell. Uh, over 50 and a half receiving yards, talking about big, big games, looking at alt lines there too, maybe some points bet sprinkles, and then Travis Kelsey over 75 and a half receiving yards. Uh, love it. Nice little card. Uh, also, we talked about this on uh, Wednesday show, but I also want to tell you, I know this is props, but if you are out there in betting and you are in the sides and total markets and you dabble there a little bit or even money lines, I want to tell you a little bit about our friends over at Prop Exchange. Prop Exchange is a brand new sports betting exchange where you're the bookmaker. Uh, users set prices. Uh, you can bet on things out there that other people have set, uh, things that are already out there in the marketplace. And for even odds, the you're basically not paying the juice that you're going to have to pay at a sports book. You're giving up a very small commission, significantly less than the 10%, which we both know, we all know, which is like... to 20% basically in most spots now with the way we're trending to, you know, 115s, 120s out there in the marketplace. And Profit Exchange eliminates that. It is a two-way market, peer-to-peer betting where the juice is gone. You cannot get limited because they're not a sports book. It's an exchange. You're betting against someone else. So you will never get limited at Profit Exchange. It is going live soon in New Jersey. It is coming Shortly thereafter to Indiana, it is legal. It is tied to the license with Caesars in those states. So any states that currently have Caesars should be looking for Profit Exchange to come to them very shortly. So uh, join the waiting list today at ProfitExchange.com. That is P-R-O-P-H-E-T Exchange.com. Check it out. Some uh, information here in the show notes as well. Uh, This is really the future. We talked about it again on the Wednesday show that exchanges peer-to-peer betting is just the way to go uh, you can dictate the market if like you know currently not doing props over there but like alex said like if there was interest on odell over 80 and a half receiving yards like he could put whatever price on that he wants and then if someone wants to short it and take the under on it someone could take the other side of the market like they're not doing props currently but uh you know from a size and total standpoint that's still very interesting you can dictate you don't have to go off of what the books are, you are the bookmaker there. Um, so again, it doesn't, it's not an actual bet that's placed until someone takes the other side of the bet. But uh, again, I think it's really exciting. I can't wait for it to come to Illinois and we can mess around with it. But uh, New Jersey folks, be on the lookout, Indiana, shortly thereafter. So uh, profitexchange.com. All right, uh, let's get to the listener questions. You guys have been fantastic. We got a lot of them here. And we'll fire off. Uh, Alfred Longfellow wants to know, how concerned are you with the lingering injuries for Kittle, Debo, Trent Williams? Um, And then more importantly, how much sleep will you get once football ends? Uh, (laughs) The sleep thing, man. I cannot wait for the sleep thing. Um, A nap during the day because I have an eight-month-old who is amazing and just absolutely sucks at sleeping still. So – and nights are still absolutely brutal. Um, that's supposed to get better by like five or six months, and we're not there yet. So uh, I am definitely looking forward to sleep. I don't know about you guys. I know Connor uh, has been burning it on both ends for quite a while here. 
Uh, and I know Proppy is up in the lab late at nights too. So yeah, football ending is good for the sleep game. Uh, yeah, I'll kick it to you, Alex, first. Any thoughts on the Niners injuries and then your sleep schedule for the offseason? Uh, yeah, minimal level of concern regarding the Niners injuries. I do expect these guys to be out there. I mean, I think everybody's dinged up at this point in the season, you know, like week 20. Uh, these guys haven't had a bye week for a long time. Um, I don't think it's overly concerning if these guys are, you know, still practicing on a limited basis, still fully expected to suit up. I think once the adrenaline gets pumping, you know, uh, they're going to play, you know, I don't expect them to be limited, I guess, is what I'm trying to uh, trying to say. And regarding, yeah, the sleeping schedule is concerned. I, I sleep very little, so I am looking forward to uh, having somewhat of a lighter schedule. But I've actually never really been good at sleeping, and uh, I love being in the lab late at night. I love burning the midnight oil. I like feeling like I'm the only person awake, especially on Twitter. So uh, I enjoy that sort of thing. So I don't know how much more I'm going to be sleeping, but I am, uh, yeah, it's bittersweet. I'm going to be missing the NFL. How about you, Connor? Any thoughts on the injuries? I know you won't be sleeping. You're up early. Yeah, I don't sleep anymore. So it's okay. (laughs) I just think about donuts all night. <laughs> and uh, decimal levels. Yeah, yeah decimal levels. Um, I mean, just it's the whole works, you know. Like I'm starting crops know. equal yeah. decimal levels plus I'm wor- donuts. I'm working on getting my uh, my citizenship in Indiana since it's essentially like its own country, um, you know, in a different place, you know. So I'd like you to North get Texas ownership stake in the hotel you're at. I'd like that to become. Like your official, like an embassy or something, like Connor's mm. embassy suite. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a good Ozark idea. Guys? You guys watch the new. I'm, I'm a couple episodes in. I actually. Okay, I, so I, yeah, this isn't spoiling anything. Ruth buys the lazy hey! O. And it's yeah. not a spoil. It's not a spoil. She buys a motel. So I think Connor should follow in Ruth's yeah, footsteps. I think that this, is, this hotel's a little bit more expensive than that one, but. Um, I would love to. I mean, I, I actually asked them about it. I got bored. And so I asked the front people like who owned it and everything and like how they, how that works. And like, I didn't know that hotel companies contract out people like a different companies, like hospitality companies to work in the hotel. So like I'm at a Hyatt place and they hire some like other company to like hire people to work in the hotel. Like it's like front office, like it's like the, the receptionist and like everything. So they, they don't even, like, do anything. They just own it. Interesting. Yeah, that's, didn't know that's that. cushy. Yeah, so they're basically just like a real estate company that hmm. hires out, like, property management people. All right. Things you uh, learn. Yeah, look at you. You know, new stuff this week. All this free time in your hands in Indiana, you know? You got a little sun-kissed as well, Connor. You notice know. that, Ryan? He's got a little... I don't know why. It's probably a reflection off the snow. There's no sun in Indiana right now. It's true. Yeah. You work in the drive-through window, getting that reflection on. <laughs> hey, one of those solo hikes. So the solo hikes, yeah. In the snow. <laughs> yeah, I've done a lot of hiking. A lot of hiking. Well, yeah, Indiana known for its hiking for sure as well. Like beautiful, uh, beautiful big, trails. Very scenic. Yeah, yeah. really great vistas. <laughs> when you look at you know, it's like places people move to every year. It's always top of the list uh, and they mostly yeah. cite hiking as the reason why so uh all right uh main focus has a question for us he's hanging out in the chat as well but, uh hit us up on twitter as well uh doesn't pringle look kind of uh 
kind of low at 37 and a half yards. He's gotten seven plus targets in four of his last five, averaging 13 and a half per catch during the season. Uh, obviously on an uptick here. Alex, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I've been, you know, obviously we've been studying these games very closely. Uh, one thing I did want to point out that with the Chiefs, uh, it's interesting, like outside of Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, um, the target distribution has just kind of been all over the place. We're seeing Demarcus Robinson. We're seeing McCole Hardman. We're seeing Byron Pringle. I, he has a higher floor, a slightly higher floor than those guys. We're even seeing like Blake Bell. Uh, McKinnon now is in the mix. Wouldn't surprise me, you know, like Clyde Edward Hilaire gets X amount of targets. So we're kind of seeing Mahomes, you know, outside of um, – Kelsey and Hill, who probably combined for roughly 20 targets. The other targets are sort of just being spread out. So it's hard for me personally to trust one of those ancillary receivers or pass catchers on the Chiefs outside of those two main guys. So I do feel that Pringles line at 37 and a half is very efficient. I do too. He is definitely the next guy when you just look at the trends of the last couple of months of, you know, routes run, targets per route run. He's definitely ahead of McCole Hardman in that standpoint. Though it does feel like when they bring Hardman in, it does feel like he's almost schemed a target here and there occasionally. Like he's, like last week he only ran a route on 34% of the snaps, but you got a big play out of it. Like, so it seems like he is someone that they try to get the ball to occasionally. So it is hard to take non-Kelsey, non-Hill guys. So I looked at it, I looked at his, his longest catch. I looked at his, his you know yards too, and I – kind of landed where you did and I just said just don't feel like there's an edge there uh, I would have to be strictly a hunch play and I'd probably rather have him in a hunch spot where I thought they were going to be maybe trailing or something like that so little known fact fellas McColl Hardman was ninth in the NFL in yards after the catch this season hmm. wow that's pretty wild is can't think of McColl Hardman without thinking of certain gentlemen in the industry who can't not comment every time you see McCall Hardman's <laughs> name. Oh, I mean, we okay. So last, I feel like though in the playoffs, so with the Chiefs, like we always try and like guess who the next guy is, like in the Super Bowl, or, like bigger games. And uh, last time we certainly got it wrong. Uh, it was like I think everyone mushed McCall Hardman. Um, like he was like his routes run were rising and all that stuff. And then now I think Brian, Byron Pringle has a pretty firm hold on that spot. But you know, watch. I mean, they win here, and Nicole Hardman's going to be like the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, after Demarcus Robinson. Like, yeah, Demarcus Robinson after both of them running like 10 routes this game. You know what I mean? And then they'll have like six for 150 next week. So just wait I on. feel it's very hard to project outside of Kelsey and Hill where 100%. those targets are going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, main focus says too here in chat that Nicole Hardman looks incredible last week. He caught one ball. <laughs> he, just, he, he looked good doing it. It was like a huge play, but like that's that's it. Um, so it's that's it's just hard to it's hard to, to do anything. Like you guess you could take him on a longest reception, but I don't even know that that's out there currently. Maybe it is pre kick on Sunday, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with uh, with Alex here. It's kind of a tough market. All right, uh, AP picks. Any thoughts on Jamar Chase over 82 and a half receiving yards? Uh, and then also talked about Odell, which is something that uh, Alex already gave. But obviously, you know, the Chase thing is you know, went for 266 against them last time. I mean, again, it's at a pretty efficient number. I would lean over because how could you not? But 
it's not a bettable number for me currently. Uh, either of you have a thought on Jamar Chase at uh, 82 and a half? I actually think it's even up uh, further north than that, if I'm not like mistaken. 88. I think it's like 88, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've just to kind of piggyback on what you said, Ryan, I think these numbers are efficient. I think they're efficient across the board, frankly. Uh, not a lot of value to be had, especially at this stage, you know, having 48 hours of these lines being released. Um, I think things have, you know, the, the, the slight inefficiencies have uh, sort of, you know, kind of naturally corrected um, since these props came out. So, yeah, I, I would lean over on it. To me, it's an over or nothing. I would, you know, wish you the best of luck taking this guy's under uh, after seeing this guy just go thermonuclear, you know, over the course of the playoffs and obviously against the Chiefs in that uh, he single-handedly won the Offensive Rookie of the Year award in that game against Kansas City. So, yeah, I do anticipate the Chiefs, though, not wanting that to happen at times, too. So (laughs) I do anticipate, you know, a uh, kind of a more spirited effort from Kansas City and certainly going to face some bracket coverage. And uh, he will command quite a bit of attention. I would be shocked if Jamar Chase pops off for over 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns in this game, if I'm Kansas City, I'm going to make T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, C.J. Uzama beat me before I let this guy just, you know, go crazy yeah. for 266 and three touchdowns again. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jason Brown wants to know what are our thoughts on Cam Akers rushing yards at 61 and a half. Um, sites, obviously, San Francisco being very stingy. Rush defense, second in success rate, second in EPA in the season. They are a terrific rush defense, held both guys last week on Green Bay comfortably under their number, uh, which I wish I would have had the stones to take. They just came out a little too low. Uh, Alex, any thoughts here? I I do lean under on this as well. I'm just wondering how Sony Michelle has just been completely, like, put out the pasture. Like, he was so effective. Uh, Not the flashiest guy, not the most explosive. But as far as production is concerned, he, he was running the ball very well. Uh, I anticipated at least having somewhat of a 50-50 split. I do recognize that Akers is uh, a more explosive option. But, yeah, looking at those two very significant fumbles last week as well to close the half, and then at the end of the game, those could have been absolutely crucial. I mean, they let Tampa Bay back in the game, uh, almost cost them a game that they were, you know, up uh, 21 points in going into the fourth quarter. So, yeah, I would imagine. I mean, conventional wisdom would tell me that Michelle should be involved. But, yeah, McVay seems to be fully comfortable with Cam Akers. So if he's going to be getting 20 to 25 carries, then I don't like this. If, you know, Michelle's going to mix in for five to seven carries and uh, Akers somehow stays within that, like, 12 to 14 range, I do think the under provides some nice value, but it is a little speculative not knowing if, you know, Akers is just going to have a stranglehold on the backfield touches once again. But I do agree it is a very difficult matchup, and uh, those were very costly fumbles last week as well. Yeah, that hurts too. Uh, Sports Savant, two questions that are kind of similar. Um, Connor, what are your thoughts here around how do the books adjust prop numbers in the playoffs? Um, are the elite star players all higher due to possible increased usage? And is the prop market more or less volatile due to a higher concentration of bets and money? We've kind of talked a little bit about the efficiency of the market here, obviously, with just two games. But uh, what are your thoughts on these questions here? That's all. There's a lot uh, in those questions. Um, yeah. I would start by saying the prop markets, um, you know, they always the star players always get steamed up pretty much like almost guaranteed um, like, you know, 
Burrow opened at like 782. Um, Chase opened like in the high 70s. You know, like all these guys, Mahomes, you know, opened at a certain point. Like I, they're all getting, they all get steamed up because, I mean, they just, a lot of their markets and a lot of their stuff moves with action in props versus like in sides and totals. It's only moves with like respected money. So, you know, like to some extent that's true in, in props, obviously, like, you know, a max bet from someone respected can move a line as well. Um, but most of it is, has to do with just like action and kind of like, you know, moving the line accordingly. Um, so I would say that because of that, lines do get sharper and that like smart people and money are, are generally sharpening, sharpening lines. Um, to so- But on the other hand, I think that there are some points where like, you know, I don't want to be betting like a closing line on a quarterback over like a big star over like at the end. Like that's probably not where I want to be. Um, but at the same time for like unders, as long as you mentioned, like there's not really much value in unders because most of those have already been kind of like picked apart by the right. pros and, you know, kind of handpicked. So yeah, like, again, like it's kind of like you got to get in early or don't get in at all. Uh, if you're really going to be like trying to find something super beatable, but you know, our margins are going to be a little bit thinner probably for this week and next week and trying to pick out our favorite bets. Um, and I'm, I think you should be okay with that. Uh, I still believe that, you know, over the course of the sample of whatever the entire game, especially next week, we're probably gonna have couple bets each on one game which is you know aggressive but sure. you know like it's a super bowl one two you know there's enough props out there that i think we can find edges on at least a couple of things that we think are worth it yep this is part of why we're doing the show early in the week versus uh you know closer to the actual kickoff because we're assuming that the lines are going to come out fairly early and if we can get to them and get them to you um early in the week too you know, more than a week out from kickoff, I think it is going to be the best way to get it. And we'll hopefully have some nice closing line value come kickoff on uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. So, yeah. Um, the important question, though, from Cody. If you were a rapper, what would your rapper name be? Alex, give us some thoughts. Uh, I did have a brief tenure as a rapper. <laughs> okay. I can verify this. You got the SoundCloud? Are you SoundClouded? This was back in the days of MySpace, boys. Okay. I was on MySpace as a rapper. Uh, I did have a rap name. It was Lil Geppetto. (laughs) I was Lil Geppetto. For those of you unfamiliar with Pinocchio, Geppetto, I believe, created Pinocchio. Yeah. Uh, Childhood classic, favorite of mine. So, yeah, I was none other than Lil Geppetto. Uh, okay. I had a brief rap career. Uh, it's a little NSFW, though, what ended up happening as a rapper. Long story short, I made a diss track about someone, and that someone took it very personally. <laughs> and I'm not joking. Filed a police report against, like, literally cited my song as, like, being threatening when it was like completely made in jest and, uh, you know, totally. Did you grow up in Portland? I did not. I grew up outside of Philadelphia. Oh, man. You were in the streets, huh? I was mixing it up in the streets. I was rapping Little Geppetto. I was like a <laughs> meme rapper before meme rappers were a thing. And uh, oh, if anyone wants to hear, want to hear one of these tracks, just DM me. I will play you some Little Geppetto. Little Geppetto tracks. Little um, Geppetto. Well, I mean, we need. I think we need we that need next to, week. We need we to need switch our show. intro music to Little Geppetto. We can do it. I'm just. It goes hard. Just forewarning. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I mean, it's the last right. one of the season. If YouTube wants to take it down after you know a little bit, you know, we'll mix it. We mix it in. Maybe we don't go intro. Maybe we just throw it in the middle here. 
Yeah, yeah like a, you got to wait and see, like the un, unveiling of Lil Geppetto, you know. What, what, I, that is truly incredible. I got a lot. I can't lie. That's amazing. And I, I expected Noonan actually to be kind of like one of those like low-key, you know, rappers, like, you know. Freestyles that, and it's like free time. Yeah, definitely. Like you were for sure hitting the garden and just be like, yo, let's like freestyle. And like, you know, playing some, some beats in the back, like sitting there freestyling. Noonan does look like a low-key freestyler yeah. for sure. He's like, for sure we did, right? Yeah, you you and your boys, 100%. Uh, you know, um from a different generation, fellas, you know. So uh, we're talking like cool mode, D. <laughs> like you know, like some of that rap that wasn't even rap. That was like the pioneer. <laughs> Were you yeah. just like talking over beats? Like, is that like your your, your spoken <laughs> word? Just speaking words. Like there's no. <laughs> so no one really knows, you know, that Southern New Hampshire is a hotbed for, um, for you know, an underground rap scene and freestyling and obviously yeah i mean i grew up in you know a tough a tough neighborhood obviously um which again is southern new hampshire is littered with and uh you know it's hardened me but i think it's made me who i am today and i'm proud of it connor and i don't really appreciate you you know um yeah actually my first concert ever this doesn't really count um i went to go see i want to see the fujis Fuji's were hot back in you know ninety four. Yeah, man, it was you know it was like were just you when rapping the, there, Ryan? Oh, you like mouthing sure. the lyrics when I still do. Okay, yeah, um, you know my my Spotify liked song list is uh, a very eclectic uh, mix, which will you know you catch a little you know little Dave Matthews. The next thing you know, Redman's hitting you upside the head. You know who knows what happens? You don't know. Um, you know, little Nas, a little, you know, little no, no, Nas, actual Nas. <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, it's an eclectic, eclectic mix. Yeah, I happened to my first concert ever was the Fugees. Love the Fugees. They were opening for Coolio. Um, for for you know, Coolio? For Coolio. Gangster's so Paradise. It, it was Gangster's Paradise. It was hot at the time. So, like, this is... <laughs> Fuji's Coolio. This is like uh, peak 1997. Oh, you know, yeah, this is 94, 95, 94. maybe? Yeah. Damn, I was in the fucking womb. That's yeah. wild. The University <laughs> of New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, you know, really excited to uh, check out Do you out have frosted show. tips? I never frosted my tips. It's a fair <laughs> question. Totally fair question. I did have a month stint, stint with a puka shell necklace. That is the <laughs> secondary step to the to the frosted tips. Yeah. Less permanent. Um, but yeah, that did happen. So, um, hey, what are you gonna do? But uh, Tupac, Biggie, still, you know, my th- my son's thirteen. I'm trying to get him a little bit exposed to it without getting too deep into it, because then you listen back and you're like, damn, I should not have been listening to this at his age. Like, do I really want to share? Do I really want to open Pandora's box on you know Tupac with him? Um, but you know, I do, but you know, at an appropriate time. But yeah, um, I think Connor would be DJ Donut. DJ, DJ Donut. DJ Donut would be appropriate. That's a good one. You know who I, I was just thinking about this? I I love Lil Dicky. You know, like that's like he, he's like an awesome rapper. So that's what I was trying to do as Lil yeah. Geppetto. Was I was like trying to like I'm too old. I don't know who Lil Dicky is. He, he's like a white dude that like dude, kind of you gotta watch that show called Dave. Dave, awesome show. I loved it. It was okay. it was truly it's on like I think HBO. It's like awesome. I mean it's just like a very well done show. It's really stupid, but it's good. Yeah, you guys remember like Lonely Island? Those guys, like, yeah. Or, and he's like, I was trying to do something like that before. It was like, 
I mean, Lil Geppetto probably spits. I feel like you could Lil probably Geppetto just, you know. Yeah, Lil Geppetto, uh, he held it down. I can't wait for this. Can't wait for this. <laughs> yeah, we need the links. Uh, Neuro guy wants to know, do you think my Niners win on Sunday? I do think your Niners win on Sunday. Um, Connor does not, I believe. Um, I'm kind of like in between. No, I don't okay. really know. I really, really, really you didn't have a strong. It's not like you, yeah, you weren't strong on the Rams per se. Alex, any thoughts? Uh, my Venmo was cleaned out. I've been like betting Connor multiple times. I've yeah, yeah. You didn't even send me my hundo from last week. Who did? Yeah, I, I sent you tonight. I forgot about that. I've been just clean. I, the guys at Sportsline have like taken off like <laughs> like an obscene amount of money off me. So I'm I'm done messing with spreads and totals and my days <laughs> in the uh, the. Uh, the spread streets are over. Oh my god! A bunch of people are tweeting at us about Lil Geppetto right now. Holy There's shit. a lot of Lil Geppetto stuff coming in. So <laughs> uh, look at this. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is from uh, Chill. That's hilarious. Oh, it's great. Uh, absolutely love it. All right. Uh, some questions in the chat. Um, some of the ones that we've already tackled. Kenny wants to know. Um, Burrow. We kind of touched on these. Um, I like the completions more than the attempts, but I also think the attempts number is low. Uh, we kind of talked about that one. Uh, let's see. I had started these earlier. Mixon, I gave you that play. Terrific. Agreed. Mixon over 27 and a half receiving yards. Uh, Bazooka Shark, enjoyed riding with you guys for my first year of gambling. We enjoyed your company. Thanks for hanging out with us. We will be back next week, and we'll be back next year. So uh, continue to ride with us. Uh, Meg been riding with us all year. Burrow over eight and a half rushing yards. Uh, Burrow a little tougher to swallow on the rushing, you know, play that we've talked about a lot with the quarterbacks in the spot. Anyone have a thought on Burrow eight and a half rushing yards? Not really his his game per se. I mean, it could be, and it was before his like whatever like injuries but, for sure. Like, I mean, he's very capable of rushing, but he's only rushing it like you know two to three times. Last time against Kansas City, ran the ball five times. Uh, for 10 yards I mean I don't know I mean I I think that the over is definitely the lean but I'm not sure yeah it's, it's tougher I, I would kind of agree the over is the lean but did you draw um, me a picture on this Venmo that you sent me what, I did. what is this I had to see you in the garden oh my god <laughs> stealing the crops <laughs> people cannot believe that Alex was a rapper we're gonna get to it Kevin we're gonna bring it out I promise next week we will have some samples of it. We'll get it on here. Um, I'm doing some internet. Just remember. Internet sleuthing. Yep. Uh, Beautiful girls. You want to have them far away from the computer uh, when we, (laughs) when we uh, tackle this. So definitely make sure that they, they stay away here. Uh, Some other ones. Uh, Let's see. Chill. Who just made that amazing. Will Geppetto says that uh, probably looks like caveman from the Geico ads. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know, Hey, 20 weeks in, you know, life is hard. comes at you fast. You know, this is true. We'll shave and shower in the off season. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, we've got to dig I on got props. Uh, Maiden talking about Mahomes rushing yards, probably a good play. Probably. Yeah. You know, Connor and I touched base on this a little bit on the Wednesday show. This was something we were on big the last couple of weeks. But again, like last week we got it at 19 and a half. He obviously has like a 30 yard scramble in the first quarter and we cash. But then it opens up at like 29 and a half this week. So, yeah, I would probably still lean over and you could sell me on it, but it's definitely there's no real value to Alex's point. Like it's a very efficient number, basically like the rest of the market is. So uh, anyone have a thought currently 
uh, on the Mahomes rushing play? I agree. I'd lean over. I, I like it to go over as well. But yeah, I do think a lot of the value has been siphoned out of the play at this stage. Unless, like you kind of mentioned, having a strong hunch or inclination, uh, I think the number is efficient where it's at. I'm hoping that he runs like two times for like 10 yards this week and then we catch like a 20 next week or like a 22 next week. The Super Bowl can just bang the over early in the week. Yeah, I have to catch it right away. Uh, Edward, really good question. Alex, have you ever visited the garden and then come in to wrestle the bear? (laughs) I've wrestled the bear in the garden before. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know, you got to protect your crops. You do not disappoint. Every week there's something that's uh, a true story that we couldn't, you know, manufacture or make up that is uh, never – Never failed to deliver. You guys watch that movie uh, Semi Pro with Will Ferrell? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's like what I imagine you wrestling Dewey the Bear, you know, and just having like <laughs> having some somebody else Spamoni, you know, the safe word. <laughs> uh, chill. Another great question. Uh, once you pop, you can't stop. Where are the Pringle props at? Um, again, we kind of touched on this here. 37 and a half receiving yards. Y'all like, I mean, we lean that way, but again, it's it's an efficient number and um, not for me. But again, I would probably, if I was going to take Pringle, hope that maybe you get a little bit of yards after the catch juice and maybe you get a, a longest yard, you know, longest reception number versus the, you know, 37 and a half that's out there currently. So, um, yeah, a lot of people want to know about Little Geppetto. It's going to lock up the IG, Twitter handles, make sure it's out there. Do some digging. There's some stuff out there already. So there are some some uh, competition out there. there. There are some imposter little Geppettos. I mean, yeah. I think we need a wrap off between all of the Geppettos and you know. See I was the thought. first Geppetto. I can tell you that much. There were no little Geppettos when I was Geppettoing. <laughs> oh man. Well, because the market's so efficient, and we have kind of touched base on some of the stuff that producer Sal was looking to touch base on from a prop tool play of the week. Um, Instead of anything that he has this week, we're just going to celebrate how awesome his Gabe Davis play was last week. You know, he gave Gabe Davis out and he goes out and has, uh, you know, two bills in change, breaks ankles uh, on his way to attempting to to take the bills to the next day. I mean, that was an incredible two minutes of football, which I've watched multiple times because I can't believe how awesome it was. So hopefully we get anything that even somewhat resembles that this weekend. Uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, you guys have anything else for the people before we wrap it up? Yeah, I just hope we have a great championship week. I think these are these four of the five or six best teams left. Maybe the four best teams left uh, should be a great weekend of football. Very much looking forward to it. And yeah, I hope we uh, smash all these overs. Yeah, smash it. Don't forget, find a little Geppetto on SoundCloud. Uh, you know, hit up those links and uh, may let's make some money. Yep. Also. Reminder in the show notes, uh, prop swap, you can, you know, get out there and buy and trade some tickets. Prop exchange is coming shortly as well, which is exciting. And again, our betting subscription is open for next season, basically starting now until the end of next football season and beyond. It gets you everything at the site, which we're really excited about, obviously, including uh, NBA stuff, which Alex is involved in. Uh, Golf products we are very proud of, continuing to uh, push out some Winners round by rounds, lots of good stuff there. New sports coming, very another sport that we can announce shortly, coming very, very soon, a little bit after the Super Bowl. Uh, continue to kind of grow the product. We're going to have 
some exciting college basketball stuff when the tournaments and even conference uh, games are starting to come in. So definitely want to check that out. Hang with us. That is in the show notes, 444.com slash plans. For Alex and Connor, I am Ryan. We will see you all next week.